truth revolution. Flooding the airwaves with truth and reason. Faith and reason. This is where faith and reason actually meet. I am Pastor Dave. That's Pastor Jeff. This is Truth Revolution, and we are from Revolution Church in Salina, Kansas. Which we'd love you to come out to at some point. Absolutely. We say watch live online and visit three times. Now, we we believe science can lead us to truth. Uh-huh. We believe philosophy can lead us to some Absolutely. truth. We also believe scripture is the truth. And so right. we try to incorporate all these things. Today, we're actually talking about something that's kind of interesting. It's a, a neat philosophical idea based on some good theology. Mm-hmm. We've got a special guest to talk about it. But, you know, when you come out to Revolution, it's not going to be some boring... Like, just sit there, be quiet, and we're going to talk about something that's irrelevant. This is going to be relevant to what you're going Absolutely. through. Uh, if you don't walk away with something important, uh, then you don't need to come back. This is why I always say watch live online first, because you're going to be like, wow... This actually matters. Right, absolutely. So uh, watch live online and visit three times uh, at Revolution Church. But Dave, what's going on today? Well, we got Clay Jones. He's an associate professor of Christian apologetics at Biola University. Yes. <laughs> he recently authored Why Does God Allow Evil? Uh, compelling Answers for Life Tus- Toughest Questions. He blogs at ClayJones.net and is a frequent guest on Truth Revolution. All right. Welcome, Dr. Jones. My pleasure to be on with you, gentlemen. Oh, it's so glad to have you. It's always great when you're here. And uh, how are things going at Biola right now? Well, I think things are going pretty well. Of course, the semester has begun, and so I'm fairly busy, but <laughs> not too busy to talk to you, gentlemen, that's awesome. for sure. But right it's uh, the semester is in, in full force. Next time, I'm going to have to wait until there's like a spring break or something to right. have you back. But right. Maybe we can have you out. There we go. I'm there good go. anytime. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, so actually, the, the reason I messaged you this time was like, oh, we got to have you on the show. Uh, you had written a book, Why Does God Allow Evil? Fantastic book. You've been on here and talked about it before, but you, you put out this article that kind of sums up some of the ideas there. And this article uh, on the Biola website was, we were all born Auschwitz enabled. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just from the get go, that sounds kind of crazy. Tell us a little bit about what you mean. Well, I think the thing is, is when I first started studying genocide and mass murder, frankly, it was for the purpose of writing my book. Uh, and I did that because I, I didn't want anybody, want anyone to be able to disqualify me as going, well, Clay, you glossed over the depths of human evil. You glossed mm. over it. You didn't really examine it in depth. And as a result, uh, you know, it was sure you were able to answer the question relatively easily because one of the things you can do when it comes to the problem of evil, it's not, in my opinion, successful. In fact, it's not even honest. Uh, is to make evil seem much less than it is. Yeah. So I began to read book after book after book on genocide uh, and just kind of said, I'm going to look into this. What's going on here? And I think as I was reading uh, Iris Chang's book, The Rape of Nanking, Mm. that there came this point where I all of a sudden I went, I get it. Uh, Genocide is what humans do. This This is just very, very human and that was, frankly, to me, well, life-changing at the very, very least. And uh, so uh, I, I was transformed. And as you know, uh, I, in my book, I give 12 ways that it transformed me. But uh, we've got to take human evil seriously. And the amazing thing is, is that talking about human evil as being really severe and ugly, and as mm-hmm. I use the phrase, as you know, we were all born Auschwitz-enabled, talking about evil like this is what the Bible 
agrees to. Romans chapter 3, there's no one who does good, not no, not one. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Uh, and like I say, as I, as I realized that, I was just appalled in a, at, at humankind, but it helped all of a sudden a lot of what was going on in the world fit together from a Christian standpoint. Uh, and, and so when people say that call uh, those that commit genocide, they call them monsters or sadists, frankly, that's dishonest uh, or it's ignorant. It's one of the two, uh, probably more ignorant than dishonest. It's a failure really to look at the depths of, of what humans do. And I've got, as you know, many quotes on this. And if you ever want me to give one in our time together, I'll be glad to quote several of them. Uh, but I mean, this is just the nature of humankind and it's transformative. And by the way, let me just emphasize one last thing. This is what humans do. And you say, well, where do you get that? I get that from every genocide researcher I've ever read. And I've read many of them and I quote many of them in my book and every genocide victim I've ever read to a person on both of these groups. There's no exceptions agrees that it's the average member of a population that commits genocide. And if that's true, then humans really aren't good. There's something defective in humankind. Okay. So you say it's the average member of society that commits these atrocities, but I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say without the monsters like Hitler's, the average people wouldn't ever engage in this or so, so I mean, isn't there some kind of monsterish behavior or different types of people that cause this? No, I, I, well, I don't think, I don't think that Hitler was a monster. Uh, I think Hitler was a human that just had the opportunity to express his, his evil more greatly than others. In other words, if you are uh, intelligent, the more intelligent you are and the more charismatic you are and the more, you know, the more resources you have, the more evil you're able to do. But who mm. was it that carried out all of the things that Hitler wanted? Okay. Who, who did that? Uh, who was it that was actually, for instance, as far as we know, Hitler never actually murdered a Jew. Yeah, he wanted the Jews murdered, but he never, I don't know of any case where Hitler himself ever murdered a Jew. Uh, and who was it, the, who were the people that actually murdered the Jews? Well, as I said, every Holocaust genocide researcher I know to a person agrees that the people that actually did it were average people. Let me, I'll just give you one. Yeah. Hannah Arndt, in her book Eichmann in Jerusalem, Eichmann, remember, was the administrator of Auschwitz where about two million Jews were murdered. Hannah Arndt, when, when they captured Adolf Eichmann, he was hiding in uh, Argentina. Uh, they brought him back to Jerusalem uh, they, and put him on trial and listened to Hannah Arndt's conclusion about Eichmann. She said uh, in her book, The Eichmann, Eichmann in Jerusalem, Report on the Banality of Evil, she said the main trouble with Eichmann was that there were so many like him, neither perverted nor sadistic, that they were and still are terribly and terrifyingly normal. Hmm. In other words, and that's the same thing. Ellie Wiesel, who was a who was in Auschwitz, said, I was watching Eichmann and I was looking for the mark on his forehead, the grave that he dug into himself that that revealed that he has somehow just given himself totally uh, over to evil. He says, but I didn't see it. He huh. was just an average person. And so when you talk about that there are certain people, yeah, sure, certain people may have kept this going. I mean, or rather, I should say, you have the people that may have that encouraged it. But believe me, the fact that the Germans hated the Jews wasn't just simply Hitler's doing. That was already there. Mm. Wow. That is quite a terrifying viewpoint. 
because that means you and me with, yeah. without anything to actually give us our morality would stoop right. to that level. Yeah, that's uh, cool. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, let me, here's a victim, Ellie Wiesel, who was in Auschwitz. He's, he summed it up this way. Deep down, man is not only an executioner, not only a victim, not only a spectator, He's all three at once. Phew. And so when you have even the victims going, and you know why, by the way, uh, there's a book by Zygmunt Bauman. I don't remember the title offhand, but he did his focus on genocide was primarily on how the Jews helped. And he points out that the, the Germans could never have killed all the Jews if it weren't so many that so many Jews were helping the Germans kill Jews. Wow. It was Jews that manned the gas chambers. It was Jews that ran the ghettos because the Germans simply didn't have enough manpower. And so everybody that was in Auschwitz uh, and read of any of them, Viktor Frankl, uh, Raul, uh, I don't think Raul Hilberg himself was in Auschwitz, but uh, I don't remember. But anyway, but Eli Wiesel and others, they all testify to the fact that the people that were actually running the camp were Jews. Mm. And so, and they were just what? They're just average Jews. But what they got was, is they were put in positions of power and that gave them a lot more benefits and protection. And so they were throwing people into gas chambers and treating them terribly, keeping them in line. Wow. And the point of understanding this is what? Is it to understand the depths of our own depravity? Well, sure, that is absolutely part of it is because we need to understand the depths of human sinfulness. And I think it's fascinating because when I have uh, debated non-Christians uh, on this, when I'm atheists, uh, and I bring up these kinds of things that, that the genocide is distinctly human, that there's something human about the fact that people will kill each other very easily, I find my experiences, atheists, frankly, don't have a response to it. Mm. I mean, like none. Why? Because we're, I'm not just, I, sure, the scripture teaches this, but I'm not getting this, my, what's mostly in my book is not primarily from scripture. It's, it's the account of one genocide after another genocide after another genocide, researchers and victims that say this is just what the average human does. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that... That's pretty phenomenal. And really, uh, I guess I'd like to point out, we've, we've mentioned this a few shows in, uh, in a row, I feel like, uh, with some of our, our 2017 greatest hits, right. mm-hmm. uh, where uh, morality, if it is only a function of evolution or what we as a society determine, then going down the road of genocide is actually a pretty simple stroll because we just have to, as a society, determine that one group isn't beneficial for us anymore. Right. Uh, but if you hold to a Christian worldview, then genocide actually becomes more difficult to get at because you know you're going to be faced with a judge who's not going to be happy with those sorts of things. Do you think it's a fair assessment, Clay? Oh, I think that's uh, exactly correct. If you don't have a moral system, that's what Alexander Solzhenitsyn wrote in his Gulag Archipelago. If there's no one higher who is looking at you or looking over you uh, that you're going to be accountable to, well, look out because then then you make your own rules. You make your own laws. And when you make your own rules and your own laws, well, guess what? You end up saying, for instance, with communism, what people do is, is they need a sense of being bigger than themselves. And communism's had an immortality project, and the immortality project was – I, by being a part of this, by being a part of communism, I'm doing something that will move on for eternity even once I'm dead. Mm. Uh, and, and you find this in other things too. 
and and so this is an immortality. These are immortality projects, and so. You know, Germany, we're going to have the 10,000-year Reich. This is going to go on way beyond us, so let's all be a part of it. And what that does, though, is and we need to, we need to kill or at least imprison everyone who disagrees with us because then they're in the way of this great immortality project that we're working on. Mm. And, and so it's, yeah, this is, this is what humans do. All right. Now, we're going to – I want to – ask you a few more questions about this. We're about three minutes away from a break, uh, but on the other side of this break, at least, I want to get to the question about religious genocides. Have have religions killed thousands or hundreds or mi- millions of people uh, in the name of their gods? And so, is religion a good viable alternative or not? Because the, so far, we've been talking about things that have been atheistic or at least agnostic uh, towards religion, uh, Nazism, uh, communism, uh, things like that. And, and I mean, it's true when you look at most of the biggest uh, genocides in recent history, those have all come from secularized governments. Isn't that the case? Oh, it's absolutely the case. Uh, Communism was officially atheistic. Marx was against any concept of a god whatsoever. And uh, so, yeah, you know, in China, Cambodia and, and, you know, Vietnam and all, I mean, officially atheistic. So, sure, that was that's been the case for the last 120 years. Yeah. And so on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about religions, like have, have religions killed people right. too, which right. I, I know uh, that's not what your book is about, but I also know, you know, the information cause I took a class on it from you at one point in time. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to nail that. But man, when, when we're talking about this, I mean, this, there's this quote you have in your paper, which we're going to link to on the, on the website, by the way, uh, uh, Alexander Solinson. I don't know. Well, so yeah. Yeah. He says, uh, he was eight years in the gulag. He says, where did this wolf tribe appear from among her own people? Does it really stem from our own roots, our own blood? Is it is our own, which is just a phenomenal right. thought. That that really what Clay is getting at here. Now we're about to run up to a break, Dave. Where where should people go? Truthrevolution.tv. That's right. That's our website. You can find Truth Shots, sixty seconds of truth. You can find old shows. Right. We're also going to link to Clay Jones' website as well. Yeah, ClayJones.net. Also, his wife is a really really great writer. Yeah. Uh, she was speaking at the Women in Apologetics conference. Uh, so JeanEJones.net is uh, her website. you got to get ch- check out her information as well. And of course, you can go over to biola.edu. They have a great Christians Apologetics program that you can do online mm-hmm. if you're looking to get a master's degree or a certificate program uh, that you can go online as well. So, um, Alright, we'll be right back. In the meantime, if you haven't come out to Revolution Church, you got to be thinking about that. Now, this is 2018, February, so we have services at 8.30, 10 o'clock, and 11.30. Right. If you listen to this another time, we got to check our service times because we change them all the time. Okay, we'll be right back. Do you know or are you a woman between 18 and 22 aging out of foster care or without a place to live? If your goal is to continue your education, whether it's a college degree or GED, the Hope House may be the place for you. Located in Salina, Kansas, Hope House is a beautiful home providing not only a place to live, but a place to grow. As a program of the Ashby House, Hope House provides dedicated volunteers and staff members who are there to help you accomplish your goals. If this sounds like it might be a place for you or someone you know, please visit HopeHouseKS.org. That's HopeHouseKS.org. Do you love Truth Revolution? Of course they do, Dave. Well, if you do, or... Or if you appreciate the fact that thousands of people are being taught that Christianity is compatible with science and logic. Or if you simply love the fact that we hear from people often who say, This show changed my life. I love Jesus. Then consider a donation. You can visit truthrevolution.tv or Revolution Church and donate. We don't get paid from this show. But it's our goal to give, give truth, give knowledge, give encouragement. And your giving keeps all of our giving going. 
Ghost in Church. Have you ever thought, gee, I'd like to go to church, and I really wish someone would make me get out of bed early? Not me. I like my sleep. We're just go with it. We're making an ad. Okay. Yes, I have always wished someone would wake me up earlier. Okay, I got lots of kids, so I'm already <laughs> awake. New service time at Revolution Church, 8.30 a.m. Cool, and for those of us who prefer beauty sleep, Revolution also has 10 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. Check out www.revo.church. That's R-E-V-O.church. Revo.church. Truth Shots from TruthRevolution.tv and Revolution Church. Here's your host, Dave, and Pastor Jeff. One skeptic gave reasons to reject Jesus' divinity. A major point was Jesus' failure to recruit anyone from his own family. Well, it's true that at one point Jesus' family thought he was crazy. Mark 3.21 tells us when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said, he is out of his mind. But it didn't stay that way. <laughs> the book of James was written by someone pretty important. I'll say it was written by Jesus' brother. One whole book in the Bible was written by a family member of his. James says he is, quote, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. James 1.1. Think about what it would take to convince you that your brother or sister was God. Uh, it would take a lot. No kidding. And it took a lot for James. He initially didn't believe, but after Jesus' death and resurrection, he appeared to James, 1 Corinthians 15.7. And that made all the difference for James. TruthRevolution.tv You know, Revolution Church isn't the only great church in town. There's lots of them. For instance, we love Crossroads Church. Hey, if you don't like religion or traditional church, but you know there's got to be more to life than what you've got going on right now, check us out at Crossroads Church. We're a church with a difference. Now, what does that mean? Well, we've got rock music, informal comfort, a bunch of broken people who are actually happy, and kicking words of life that'll set you free. And when do you meet? Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock. And where can they find you? Facebook us at Crossroads Church Salina. Truth Revolution. And we're back. Yes. We are on the air and um, talking about uh, about the human heart. We're talking about um, how what it is inside us that makes us evil people. <laughs> Why right. do we do some of the things we do? Yeah, I mean, we, we said... Governments are generally responsible mm-hmm. for these genocides and things like that. But, uh, you know, Clay, when we're talking about genocide, I mean, Dave just said we're talking about the human heart. Right. I mean, you, you're actually suggesting that this is a problem that's common to all people. Uh, and it's not just, hey, Hitler was this leader and he made everybody. Because some people would say the leader made them do it. You're saying it's actually something intrinsic to who we are. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying, that there's something wrong with humankind that can best be explained by the fact that, well, by original sin, Mm. that we are inheritors of Adam's nature, uh, that our natures came from Adam and Eve, and we're inheritors of their natures, uh, because that... there's something wrong with humankind. Mm. To say that humankind is born basically good doesn't make sense, but also we need to realize that evil is a matter of the heart and that's what jesus was trying to say all the time uh in in his like in the sermon on the mount jesus said if you he looks at a woman lustfully he's committed adultery with her in his heart well if you if you uh, are fantasizing about having sex with a woman you're not married to then why aren't you doing the deed isn't it because of self-interest you don't want to get a disease you don't want to get somebody pregnant or get pregnant yourself you don't want to have your reputation ruined or lose your family and so on in other words the reason you're not doing it isn't even though you're fantasizing about doing it it isn't because of moral goodness it's because of uh, self-interest 
Yeah, that's okay. That's true. But uh, someone might say, okay, well, I didn't, you know, I don't kill people and it's not just because I don't want to go to jail. It's because I don't, I don't want to kill someone. Wouldn't, wouldn't that person say it's their heart's okay? Uh, well, John said, if he who hates his brother is a murderer. And the question you have to ask is if you hate somebody's guts, why don't you murder them? Mm. To say if you hate their guts that you don't want to murder them, frankly, I I don't believe that for a millisecond. You may not like the thought of murdering them. Why? Because murder is a gross thing. There's going to be blood. It's dangerous. But see, when you start thinking of those things that, that you know, I mean, that there's going to be blood, that there's going to be that you could end up being caught or that you could, you know, be in jail or even executed for being a murderer. Once you go into those permutations, you're talking about self-interest. I ask my students, why did gangbangers stop at red lights? Well, it's not because they respect, you know, they don't respect any other laws, but they respect red light laws. That's not why they do it, right? They stop at red lights because they don't want to be hit by an 18-wheeler and turn into red asphalt. But let's bring this a little bit more home. Uh, In the United States, we have suctioned, scraped, or scalded to death over 60 million babies. Why have we, let me say it again, suction, scraped, or scalded to death over 60 million babies? Because those babies, whether rightly or wrongly, were going to get in their way. I'm not ready to have a baby. Uh, I'm, it's about my career. I've got to, you know, have uh, my, uh, a good career. Or sometimes, let's face it, I wanted a boy. I didn't want a girl. And so on. Notice that they're committing these heinous things because of suction, scraping, and scalding children to death. Because of self-interest, that's why they do it. And yeah, we, and people say a woman came to me and she says, friend of mine, she says, yeah, but Clay, uh, those other analogies make your point, but don't use abortion because a lot of people don't think abortion is wrong and that weakens your point. Look, that is my point. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, we always make our killing to be okay. And who keeps abortion legal? It's your neighbors, right? It's it's the people listening. Your your listeners. Neighbors are keeping it legal. Their friends, their co-workers, maybe even your listeners are keeping it legal. Why? Because it's it helps them get to other things that they want to do, like having maybe meaningless sexual encounters. Yeah. And so uh, humans are not good. And to say that they're good is, is failing to understand. We have killed, again, over 60 million babies in the United States. And it's about, I think it's right now, about 800,000 a year. Who's keeping that legal? It's your next door neighbors. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And, you know, while we were on break, Dave said, uh, which was a good question, you, you had asked. Right, about uh, stopping Hitler, right? Yeah. Um, you, know, you know, Hitler was uh, committing genocide, but we went over there and stopped him. Doesn't that give us hope for the human heart? Well, you know, the, the thing about the, the stopping him is, one, uh, it, it doesn't seem to give him ho- us hope for the human heart. Again, if, if we are in the process of killing millions and millions right. and millions of babies all the time because I wanted a boy or I wasn't ready to have a child yet or it gets in the way of my career, right. I don't mm-hmm. know. See, that we, don't, that we stop other people's murder doesn't make us good people uh, if we are murdering on our own. So there, I don't yeah. see any moral goodness there or any moral improvement there. It is a fascinating thing because we think, oh, well, America was great because we went and stopped Hitler. But <laughs> it was just after we ended slavery. It was in the middle of Jim Crow laws. And it was right before abortion took off as one of the worst mass murders mm-hmm. in the history of the world. So, Well, right. 
Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. All right. Hey, uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to pause for a second. We're going to jump in, do a Bible contradiction. Then we're going to come back and talk about religion. How's right. a religion cause some genocide? Bible contradiction. All right. Today's Bible contradiction brought to you by the book of Jonah. Today. The book of Jonah. Yeah. God will or did not overthrow or and did not overthrow Nineveh. John, Jonah uh, 3, 4 says, and Jonah began to enter into the city's uh, a day's journey, and he cried and said, "Yet forty days, and then it shall be overthrown." However, Jonah three ten, just a couple of verses later, and God saw their works, and they turned from the evil ways, and God repented of the evil that He had said that He would do unto them, and then He did not. Okay, so we have a cracked acronym. The A stands for author's intention. Mm -hmm. What is the author communicating? What are they intending on communicating when this is written down or when this is said? And and do we think that Jonah, the only thing he said for 40 days was, hey, 40 days and you're going to die, period, that's it. Right. Or was the intention here was to get them to change because God was calling them to repent. I mean, clearly that was the point. God yeah. didn't just send Jonah and then when Jonah ran away, called him back and then put, put him in a fish's mouth and then spit him up on the shore of Nineveh just so that Jonah uh, could tell them, hey, you're going to die. Right. No, no, God, w- God was tell- calling them to repentance. Just seven verses later, right? This is, this is only a few verses later. It says, Jonah told them, hey, 40 days, you're going to die. Seven verses later, it says, but they changed so God didn't kill them, right? This is teaching you what God is like. God loves repentance. He loves it when sinners turn from their ways. The intention of saying 40 days and you'll be overthrown is to tell them that they must change or die. All right, if, you, if you have an accountant or a treasurer for a company I own or even the church, and the treasurer comes to me and says, hey, you got 40 days until we have to shut the church down? Nobody would say, oh, I guess, well, let's just finish up here, right? No, we say, okay, we got to move. Like, yeah, the point right. is, we got 40 days to fix this. Mm-hmm. And that was the point back then. What is right. the Amen. author's intention? Hey, yeah. uh, Dr. Jones, anything you want to add to that thought? I think you got it all. All right, so good. Do you, do you find that people, a lot of times when they read scripture, uh, they miss the intention? Well, of course. Yeah, all the time. But I think some of it's intentional missing the intention. Right. Uh, they, they want to read into it. They want some of these people, as you know, are looking for, oh, see, that's a contradiction. That's a contradiction. I mean, in other words, they're they're trying to find anything and everything they can to go. See, there's another one. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Especially when you look through these lists, this one, the thousand and one Bible contradictions, mm-hmm. really. So, I mean, you just go through there and like this one was even fairly simple. Most of them aren't complicated at all. Anyway, that's the answer today. Bible contradiction. Right on. All right. So let's, uh, we only have a few minutes here, but let's just ask the question. Uh, religions are accused of committing, committing a lot of atrocities on their own. Have we? Does it matter? Does it matter if they're committing atrocities? Yeah, it matters a lot. It, uh, of course it matters. The question is, uh, why? We, too big a subject to just say religions. Sure. Okay. First of all, we think that most religions are, uh, as a Christian, I think most uh, the other religions are false. Right. And so, of course, false religions, uh, for instance, Islam is a false religion and a officially violent religion. Read the, if you don't believe me, don't take my word for it, go to Google the Quran and read the 11th chapter of the Quran. (laughs) Uh, Now, and you'll find that it's an officially violent religion. Now, when it comes to, you know, people bring up violence in the Old Testament, 
But all I can say to that, well, as you guys know, I've written on that rather extensively, mm-hmm. and Great I'm hoping book. to come out with a book on it in a year. Um, and if uh, anybody wants, they could Google, um, we, we don't hate sin, so we don't understand what happened to the Canaanites. Anyway, is an answer to that. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about, you know, people want to blame Christians for uh, the Crusades and Inquisitions and witch hunts and Nazi Christians. And there's so much to say about that. I mean, there's an immense amount to say about that. And and I've written a, a blog entitled The Truth About the Crusades. I encourage everybody to look at that, The Truth About the Crusades. We'll link to that. But, I'm sorry? We'll link to that. Okay. You know, but anyway, here's here's the overriding point. Well, there's several of them. First of all, and this is, uh, some of your listeners are going to be upset by this, but not everybody who calls himself a Christian is a Christian. I'm going to take it a step further. Most people, most people in the United States today who identify as Christians, they're just simply not Christians. Yeah. Uh, and that's going to offend people. I'm, I'm okay with that. When you do the surveys of what people who self-identify as Christians believe, you'll get down to about 8% of, of people who say, I believe that the uh, Jesus really was raised from the dead, that that's a fact in history, and that the Bible is the word inspired word of God. Wow. Which, it goes down about 8%. What the other people who call themselves are Christians, they're just in some sort of loose sense identifying as Christians. Now, when it comes to the Crusades, exactly the same thing was happening. Yeah, that's exactly right. Man, we're out of time right now. Right. But uh, this is such a good point. Uh, we're going to have to have uh, Dr. Jones back on to talk about that some more. But we will link to that article because I think Absolutely. that's important to understand the differences there. Um, but yeah, you know, killing the name of Jesus, we condemn that just like we condemn abortion. Uh, neither one of them are okay. All right. So, uh, hey, where should they go, Dave? Truthrevolution.tv. And they should also come out if you haven't been here yet. We send them in. We try to respond to every single question that comes in. I'm a little now we're going to do it, right? We respond to everybody who sends a question in. Coming out to Revolution Church, we'd love to have you. Check out revo.church. That's online at R-E-V-O.church.